everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt. We're here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. Anything to say to get done with this faster, because this episode is, ooh, boy. Ah, at least there are raccoons. Matt, let's not. Let's not. Let's <laughs> not. Let's not talk about that. At least. Oh, but, but Robbie. I don't. If you enjoy those raccoons, I'm gonna. I'm. We're gonna have a fist fight. Literally, I'll lose it, but that's fine. I enjoy. I enjoy raccoons generally. Not these. This is incredibly stupid. I like. There's one raccoon. I like. His name is Rocket. All the others, get out of here. Get out of here. Even though Rocket's not technically a raccoon. Hi guys. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to Patreon.com/slash The Simpson Show. For only $2 a month, to get access to all of our bonus podcasts. For $5 a month, gain access to all of our bonus podcasts. Plus, new episodes early and uncut. Plus, all our old episodes slightly remastered that have fallen off the main feed. Post them weekly as well. Uh, it's the best deal in, best deal there is in podcasting. I, I don't think I can emphasize that enough, and I, st- I state it uh, confidently. And... Um, trying to think of another c word i wanted the alliteration but i it was off the cuff i couldn't come up with this week's episode it's a long sigh smoke on the daughter episode k bfo8 originally aired march 30th 2008 written by billy kimball directed by lance kramer rating 4.1 with 7.1 million viewers the couch gag wiley coyote paints a fake or should i say quote-unquote wiley wiley coyote it's not he's a he's an original creation like uh, Mick, uh, Wick, Ricky Mama Rouse, Muck. Ricky Rouse, and Model Muck uh, paints a fake couch on the wall, which the Simpsons run into, which ends with Homer saying "dough." Homer, Homer crashes through it. Everyone else sits on the couch, but he crashes through the the fake couch. It's fine. Um, I am kind of surprised they haven't done a bit like this before with a not Wiley Coyote, Wiley Coyote. But here we are. Uh, I believe this is. I think I said this last week. Yes, I believe. Yes, this is Billy Kimball's sole writing credit for the show. And after watching this episode, good. <laughs> good. He's hope he never comes back. Yeah, this does not uh, does not bode well for his uh, writing abilities. But again, this is a product of a writer's room. It's not just Billy Kimball. Maybe he just maybe they they changed his script so much that they made it terrible. And he decided that wasn't for him, in which case. Good on you, Billy. No, Billy Kibble would he co-wrote a lot of episodes with Max Ogram. That's why I'm just it's it's uh he did co-write 24 minutes. I don't know something. How, I guess I don't know why it got so much worse in this one. Uh, it's Ian, Ian Max Ogram was holding up the he's carrying that he's carrying that team. Uh, I'm gonna do my best. I really am. I'm gonna try real hard uh, not to yell about this episode at all. Um, I am going to do, we're going to, I'm going to do a little experiment today. Yeah. Okay. We're going to try something. Whenever I come to a, whenever we get to a point where we get to a big systemic issue, I'm going to write it down. I'm going to number it. Okay. I'm going to make a numbered list with my, with pen and paper, and we're going to go over them and see how many we get to by the end of the episode. Okay. Big, not nitpicky things. Okay. Okay. Big issues big problems that one is probably too much for this episode to bear we're gonna see how many there are uh the episode begins with bart sleeping in his room a monster shows up matt the big snake monster Ooh, snake monster yay it's homer in a costume and uh bart hits him with a bat 
and then hits him with a bat some more when Homer reveals it's actually Homer. Which fair people want to hit Homer. It's it's well established. I mean, I would want I want to hit I want to hit Homer after this episode, but I don't think that's going to get anything done. <laughs> Homer's not a real real person. He didn't, he didn't do anything about this. Um, it is revealed that Homer is in a Angelica Button costume. He's dressed up like a I guess the villain. Uh, and uh, Lisa is dressed up like Angelica Button. Angelica Button, and if you don't remember, is the Harry Potter analog in The Simpsons, uh, which is the thing they've stuck with. I'll applaud them for that. They have kept going with the Angelica Button as Harry Potter stand-in over the years. Um, but they're going in line to get the... Is it the final book or the sixth book? Final book. Final book. They've had... This is the book seven, correct, then? Just like Harry Potter? I would assume. Okay. I, it doesn't really matter. Um, but they're 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 doing the... Oh, we're going to dress up. We're going to wait in line for for the book. Um, comic book guy is a jerk to Lisa, gets laughed out of line because Lisa is, uh, dressed up like the book version of Angelica Button, not the movie version, which comic book guy is trying to insult her about. Uh, he hops his broom out of line. Why is this here, Matt? What are we doing? What is this? What is the reason for this? Well, you see, Robbie, they had time to fill. In most cases, Matt, I would say, like, there has to be something else, but no, that is 100% the truth. They just need to th- they fill three minutes or whatever it is. Um, but uh, Tom ticks over to midnight, and a uh, bookstore employee gets stampeded as he tries to store some sort of order uh, to the line, uh, and everyone just runs out with their books. I guess. I don't know why they bought three or four copies. We see a bit here with, I think, might be actually one of the most enjoyable moments in this whole episode is just uh, Nelson bullying Martin into reading the book to him in different character voices. It's a 15-second bit that i enjoy the enjoyable part of this there's one more part we'll get to it eventually at the end that i enjoyed but that was about it yeah um it's a stampede and uh but they eventually get their books and lisa blows through it on the car at home not really reading it kind of flipping through it and summarizing it for the family and doesn't seem like a very lisa thing to do that seems like a bart thing to do whatever wouldn't whatever lisa would read wouldn't lisa read the book that's like lisa would read the book she wouldn't just flip through it and get his just get the plot right the rest of the family would do that not lisa not lisa but whatever this is just filler um but they get they throw their books out the window before they even get home because they know what happens and uh, homer boldly declares that's their book for the year Again, that's and Lisa does not. Lisa reads a lot. Like, what is? Like, I guess we're all. They're all idiots. I mean, this episode does kind of prove that they're all idiots. They're all written with the same voice. There is no distinction between any four of the family members in this episode. They have no distinct character, no distinct motivations. They all are. Un, they're the Omni Simpsons. They all have the same voice. The same reasons for doing anything, and that is the reason is the writers wrote it that way. As everything in this episode happens because the writers wanted it to, because the writers wrote them that way. It might, it might as well just be the writers be the voices. There's no Bart here. There's no Lisa. There's no Marge. There's no Homer. Homer hasn't been Homer in a long time, but all the characters. Um, they watch TV. This is where the episode should have started. <laughs> This is where you start the episode with them well, watching television. Like, yeah. Where you like literally, there's no reason. This is there's this is an inciting incident to nowhere. It's like that uh the staircase to nowhere. 
escalator to nowhere. That's what this is. It is an inciting incident to nothing. Um, because we they go to watch TV, and this is where we get into with the the, the most generous the, the generous use of the word plot, story, sneer quotes of both of those things, story. Um, because they watched some a couple bad uh, I think a CSI Miami uh parody for a moment, and then um, I don't I think there's one other thing, but then we get to. I guess the plot. I'm going to say it is it is their attempt at the story of this episode. We get a commercial for a ballet school and then uh, an introduction into Marge's sad closet. And the first lady has agreed to sit on the egg until it hatches. More after this. See that? That's talent. You think you got it? You don't. Because only I can teach it and I ain't taught you, so you don't. The Chaz Busby Ballet Academy is coming to Springfield. Auditions are Monday, callbacks are Tuesday, Wednesday you see I'm a heartless bastard, Thursday you realize you love me, damn it, Friday we're closed. You're fired. You're her. Jump, dance, love. A ballet academy here in Springfield? <gasps> Move over, Europe. I didn't know you cared about ballet. Lisa, have I ever shown you my shattered dreams box? No. It's upstairs in my disappointment closet. Oh. Oh. There were so many things I wanted to do in life that I never got a chance to do. Doctor, safe cracker, stethoscope sales lady. None came to pass. But the thing I really wanted to be ever since I was little was a ballerina. So what happened? My bosoms came in and ruined my balance. Really? How? They came in one at a time. Oh. Do you think mine are... No. I'm pretty sure you'll have your dad's boobs. Oh. Can we stop the jokes about Homer having boobs, please? Please. I Matt, that that is the least of the problems, okay? Okay, so Marge has a disappointment. Disappointment closet? Well, of course, for all the failures she's had in her life. Don't you have one, Robbie? No. Uh, also a shattered dreams box. I I I don't I don't want to belabor every single thing in this episode cuz we'll be here for hours and hours. But is it too much to ask that the characters behave like people? Obviously, Robbie, far too difficult. Like, okay, think back to Brush with Greatness, okay? Marge has a talent for painting. She painted in high school. She And she painted, the reason she's hidden these paintings is because she only painted one thing. She painted Ringo Starr. And it's a little embarrassing. All she did was paint her crush, effectively, this rock star. Okay. She didn't hide it in a disappointment closet. She didn't keep it in a shattered dreams box because that's not what people she hit it in the attic like a normal person. Yeah, she hit she she. Oh, I don't want to get rid of those paintings because I do have a fondness for them. I do have sentimental feelings for them, but also I don't really want to keep them out because I'm a little embarrassed about them. So I'll keep them, but I'll keep them up in the attic where no one goes really until we need something, you know, that we keep up there once a year or something. That is what a person does. No one has a shattered dreams box. No one has a disappointment closet. That is what you would ironically describe it as in like a TV tropes article. In real life, I you know, I have things. I have hobbies, Matt, like I, that I start. I've started once upon a time and I fell off. Either I was bad at it and I got frustrated or I, didn't, I ran out of time or I lost motivation. There's a thousand reasons that everyone does it. I put it in my closet. 
I, and I just say, oh, that's in the corner in the closet. I should sell that. I'm not going to go back to it. And then you, you forget or you get lazy or you get busy. You don't. Like, I have my cello from when I played in high school and college. But I don't keep it in my shattered dreams closet. I just keep it in the closet. And I need to get, I need, oh yeah, I, sh- I need to sell that. Like, every sing- there's nothing, there's no sincerity to any of this. And every time they try to uh, attempt sin- sincerity, they immediately undercut themselves with things like this. Where I can't buy into the reality of the world because they immediately are like, isn't, uh, isn't it funny that Marge has lost a lot of her dreams? In- no, like, no, it doesn't, no, you immediately, it's immediately not working because you just, they're not real people. This isn't real. Marge would not be aware of her own shattered dreams box. Marge doesn't think like that. <laughs> Marge doesn't keep a catalog of things like that because not not what people do. She's busy with her life. And maybe once in a while, yeah. once a day, she'll go, oh. It's a scrapbook or something, maybe. Yes. Or in the closet, every once in a while, she'll open up the closet and look in the corner and say, oh, yeah. I wanted to be a ballerina. Or, I, I, and like, I don't know. I don't, the, 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 okay. So, Marge wants to join this ballet academy. Okay. She's apparently really good at it. I guess. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Okay. Uh, we're going to we're let's I'm going to put a pin in that, Matt, cuz uh we're going to quickly jump to the B plot. Do we have to, <laughs> Robbie? Do we really have to? We really Yes, we ha- we do because it, it 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 joins the a plot that we have to you have to talk about all this stuff because they use it very ineptly in the a plot for no reason. It doesn't make any sense together or apart, and still they want them to work together. So, uh, Marge and Lisa are paired off, and like I like theoretically, oh yeah, we pair off Marge and Lisa for a plot. We pair off Homer and Bart for a plot, and Bar Homer and Bart's plot is kind of wacky and carries the humor, while Lisa Marge plot are is more serious and more thoughtful. Tried and true, absolutely could do that if you really wanted to. Uh, they don't uh, in any way, uh, but that's what it looks like now. I'll say that, okay? Where we get. Homer and Bart and Homer, they're I guess Lisa and Marge are busy. So Homer goes down and shows Bart. He's like, "I'm gonna maybe Homer wants to bond with Bart because Lisa's bonded with Marge." I don't know. Expecting any kind of motivation for any characters is way too much for this episode. <laughs> I feel I'm reading this and like I want to make this clear as well. This episode is a parody of The Simpsons. Oh, it really it 100 is because none of this makes any sense. This is a parody of the Simpsons. This is pitch perfect parody. If this was intentional as a parody, I would go. You know, I would have given them applause. I know it's not. This is them in t- trying to make an episode, a real episode of the Simpsons. So that's why I don't give them any credit. But this is uh, a parody episode of the Simpsons. This is an episode of the Simpsons written by machine learning. This is an episode of the Simpsons that you translated, you sent it through Google Translate into a different language and then back to English. It is just. It is a, 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 one, two, three steps removed from any human speech or human behavior at all times, while also removed of any kind of humor or 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 uh, or, or, or funniness at all. Like it's just there's not it's all it's alien. It feels like an artifact from another another race, extraterrestrial. Yeah, I mean, that's the best I can do, because it, none of this makes any sense whatsoever. It hurts my brain to look at. Homer has a hidden closet in the basement, Matt, where he makes beef jerky. 
He has, which is fine, honestly. No, 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 Matt, no. You're. This is you. You're. You be careful, okay? Ed Council's gonna get to you too. You better be careful, okay? <laughs> okay, I, I'm just saying that it is possible that people make beef jerky, but people that make beef jerky all over the place, the, a whole closet where you may get a very large closet, honestly, that seems too large for this house, but again, whatever. Okay, sure. I mean, Homer has a little rack in there. They, they make big drying racks uh, where you make beef jerky. That's fine. You know what? Honestly, whatever. This is the most believable part of this entire stupid, stupid episode. This is not how you... Matt, have you ever made beef jerky? I have, actually. How did you make beef jerky? Uh, well, this is the tabletop. It's one of like the, the round ones. It's like a cylinder. Okay. It's got a whole bunch of layers, and you lay thinly sliced meat. But I have seen beef jerky ones where they're like an uh, almost refrigerator size, where we're making a lot of beef jerky. Because for those of you who haven't made jerky, you take large amounts of meat, and you condense it down to incredibly tiny amounts of meat. <laughs> Yes, you do. You're like, hey, do you like all this meat you had? Now you have a quarter of it. I've titled this clip, Marge is good, then bad, then Lisa is a student in under two minutes. Now show me what you got, uh, Simpson, comma, Marge. I haven't seen dancing like that since my Broadway show, Dancing Like That. Closed in a week. Too smart for the corn dog crowd, too dumb for the bagel bunch. You keep it up, kid. You got something. Son, while your mother and little mother are out, I'm going to let you in on a deep, dark family secret. You have a drinking problem? I said secret. Have you ever wondered what I do in that locked room? Gay out? Well, wonder no more! Beef jerky? The queen of all the jerkies. That's right. Now I'll cut and you soak. Dad, marinating with you is cool. Thanks, son. (laughs) (laughs) Some of that is cow blood. Look, Lise, I'm as supple as ever. (laughs) It won't go down. Marge, Marge, Marge. You know what they say. Those who cannot do... Teach? No. They go home. How can they teach if they can't do? Get out! (laughs) You can't talk to my mom like that. Who the hell taught you to stand like that? This is how I always stand when I tell adults what they should be doing. You have naturally perfect posture. I rarely say this, but how would you like to become a paying student of my dance academy? Uh, I don't know. I we accept. Hey, remember that uh, counter you were gonna come up with? Mm-hmm. Can, I a, can I add a second counter where <laughs> it just makes you notice? Oh, oh, Lisa stands like this when she tells adults what to do, and that makes her a dancer. What the actual? So number one, here, Matt. Number one on this list, Lisa's motivation for dancing. Okay. That's number one on my list. Mm-hmm. This is and I, I, this is just an accurate reflection of like if I was reading through a story and I was like in a rough draft, one of my own rough drafts even, I'd be like, okay, I'm reading through this story. Oh no, why is this character doing this? You want you don't want to have to if you have that question in your mind, you, there's already been a mistake. You should it should be implicit in the story of like oh they're doing this because you already have shown why. 
the, sh- the episode should have already shown us why Lisa's doing this. And, 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 and I, this is me writing this down because I've seen this whole episode. If I'd watched only the first act, maybe they would show us eventually why Lisa's continuing to dance. They really don't. Um, and this is a thing you need to know because this is effectively carrying the episode. And when I first watched this episode, when I watched it fresh, I went, oh, this episode, I guess this is going to be about Marge domineering Lisa and forcing her to dance when Lisa doesn't really want to, you know? I, and it's mm-hmm. a, that's a story that could work, you know? It could be about, you know, Marge wants to be a dancer. She can't anymore, but Lisa can, so Marge is going to live through her, live vicariously through her daughter. But it's not really th- about that. Like, there's a little elements of that, like a little bit. It's not about, but it's not about that. It 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 becomes about smoking largely. Um, so that's number one on on the list, Matt. Is Lisa's motivation for dancing? Uh, there, it just doesn't exist. There is no reason for her to want. She goes okay, and like you would think, oh well, it's because she feels pressured by Marge. Well, if they ever develop that, that'd be something. But they don't. Um, we go to commercial at seven minutes and four seconds. Also, oh, I should mention, Matt. Um. For if it's not clear, uh, this this character, this dancer, Joe, this uh, this character is what's his ch- ch- Chad Busby. Chad Buzz Chaz Busby uh, is based on Roy Scheider's character and all that jazz. Um, all that jazz. Not my favorite movie, but no one has ever seen. Okay, Matt. Matt. <laughs> no, Matt. Here, I want you to say this out loud. A movie that I haven't seen. That is what you mean, Matt. You haven't seen all a that jazz. That very few people have seen. Matt, I've seen like, all there that. Are six of them, maybe. Matt, I don't. I we're gonna now. Matt, I, I hope you're happy now, Matt. You did this. We're gonna get. You, you know, brought this upon yourself. You're gonna go. You're, we're watching all that jazz now. You just brought this upon yourself. Oh no! We're gonna watch what it for. We're gonna watch it for a bonus Why episode. I keep my big mouth shut. <laughs> it's your fault. Your oh, fault. God. You brought this upon yourself. We're watching all that jazz for a bonus episode for the Patreon this month. I uh, hope you guys uh, oh, n- more motivation no. if you guys join. But we'll have it at the end of the month. We'll have an episode about all that jazz. I, Matt will really enjoy it. Um, all that jazz this is not my favorite movie. I was going to say, but it is a good movie. Uh, it is much better than this episode of The Simpsons. But we got a commercial at seven minutes and four seconds. Uh, Matt, take uh, it away. Uh, when we come back, uh, Lisa sucks at dancing, despite her perfect posture or whatever weird crap Chad Busby has identified among her. Uh, so Lisa is doing poorly, uh, but during one of their breaks, uh, Lisa finds out something very, very important about all the other ballerinas. This is so hard. Get used to it. We ballerinas are under constant pressure to stay focused, skinny, graceful, and skinny. How do you cope with it? You find out what works for you. For some people, it might be yoga. For others, meditation. Ooh. But for every ballerina in the world, it's cigarettes. Cigarettes? They can kill you. They did a whole episode about it on The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Zack tried to impress a girl by smoking, but she went for Cody instead. (laughs) Zack's life wasn't so sweet then. Hey, if God didn't want ballerinas to smoke, how come I can do this? Wow. No, all I need to stay focused is good old-fashioned fresh air. (gasps) Nothing like fresh air. (gasps) Hmm. Fresh air. So to those of you who haven't seen the episode, uh, as proof, the ballerina uh, pulls out a cigarette and lights it with her feet. 
totally a realistic thing that anyone uh, who with uh, you know dance training can do. Obviously, Robbie. And then Lisa's fresh air is filled with cigarette smoke, so she's getting a ton of secondhand smoke. Uh... <laughs> They're is outdoors. This... How much secondhand smoke could she really get? I just not very much. But at least you finally come to what this episode is about. Okay. Let's see. Now, wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me, uh, let me. We're introducing this here, so let me, let me get to number. No, no, let me get to number two on my list. Okay. Muddled theme. When because you, you say you said the words, Matt. You said we've finally gotten to what this episode is about. Have True. we? Have we? Ostensibly, have yes. we? Yes, we have. It's it's about Lisa and smoking. That's it's and really the not. Weird interactions it's not about, It's not about that at all. It's not about anything. I, I am. Well, there's no resolution to this plot, but it's all the interaction between Lisa and smoking, as we will see. Or at the very least, act two is about that. <laughs> More or less. Okay, man. Okay. I, okay. So, I, 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 have a, I have a legitimate question. Because what? Okay, okay. You set up the next scene, and then I have a legitimate question. Okay. So the problem with this is. That afternoon, the same day, after Lisa has breathed in secondhand smoke, not smoked a cigarette, that afternoon, one one break time of inhaling secondhand smoke makes Lisa a better dancer. Matt. Okay. No, 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 makes Lisa a better ballet dancer. Well, you see, Robbie, cigarettes are magic. And they <laughs> completely change the way you breathe, so you barely have to breathe anymore, and therefore your balance is better. Cigarettes are magic. That might as well be true, Matt. I, I mean, uh, uh, bravo. I... <laughs> just... I, but is that what they think? Is, like, is that what legitimately... Like, it is... They literally write them as if cigarettes cause magic, like are magical. Like, well, one ballet ballet dancing is very taxing physically. It's hard to do. Requires a, and you probably couldn't smoke because it requires very good breath control, which smokers in general do not have. No, and like it's very. It feels like such a mixed message because yes like models have smoked because it does inhibit your appetite and it does does uh give you that nicotine buzz um but models don't have to do physical activity models don't have to dance and jump and do incredibly difficult things on stage with many other people uh and that is what i when i say model themes like well okay they're smoking why are they smoking how are they getting the cigarettes like we are never shown like if it was uh chaz giving him the the cigarettes i'd be like okay it's something about the industry okay it's doing that but they're not he's not they are the the dancers are getting them independently somehow and they they are just magic cigarettes and is this about young girls needing to stay thin and and look a certain way or for the pressure on ballerinas specifically why is it ballerinas what, what does this have to do because with ballerinas Lisa? have to be tiny i guess i i don't freaking know i, I but uh. like it's like but 
unless you're writing a whole why are you writing episode about ballerinas lisa doesn't even want to be a ballerina lisa theoretically is doing this because marge wants her to but we don't get any literally we have zero scenes with marge and lisa where Marge and Lisa, Lisa goes, mm, Mom, I don't really want to do this anymore. The girls are smoking cigarettes in the back. I don't like it. And Marge goes, mm-hmm. you know, I really want, like, giving her, putting pressure on her because Marge wants to be. Like, we, all we, we don't get these scenes. We just get, like, the after effects. We get, like, we, are they just assumed? Are we just supposed to assume that this is happening? Okay. I guess. I just... Uh... Number I three. I don't know what they want is the problem. Number three, magic cigarettes. <laughs> magic cigarettes. <laughs> hey, Matt, tell us tell us the next scene, the best scene in this whole episode. Oh, okay. So Apu comes by because now Homer and Bart are going to sell their jerky. But there is no jerky. It's all been stolen. Matt, 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 wait, wait, slow down. I need, uh, wait, some, wait a second. Homer makes jerky because it's a business venture? It is now okay. because they have to find some way to us to to find out that it's all gone. They can't just walk in and find that it's gone. That would be foolish. <laughs> okay. So yes, they're going to sell to Apu. Uh, he he gets mad at them for wasting his time. Blah blah blah. The important thing is they go out to find out who took the jerky. Homer accuses Flanders. It's not Flanders. It's some nearby raccoons who they can see eating the jerky and what do you know they look just like homer and bart oh matt God. matt i can't this I know. is this I know. is i know this this is happening we have a scene where homer's jerky this is literally like yogi bear like i can't this is literally yogi bear santa barbara like it literally is it is these cartoon animals that are like all they have the only thing they don't have that yogi has is they can't speak they don't speak english but they understand english and they look like a person they look like a little personified homer and bart it is the it is just that merest step away from being a Hanna barbera cartoon and this is happening alongside a plot where lisa is feeling pressure to smoke cigarettes because she wants to be skinny and be able to dance well and i just want to grab like if i just want to grab mr simpson's writer and just grab him by the shoulders and just shake shake and yell and go what are you doing what is what is this why are that raccoon family in my simpsons stop please stop stop no it's not even anger man it's just it's mania and it's not even there's not it's not even rage yet. I'll get there maybe. It's raccoons. Hey guys, it's raccoons. They're stealing the jerky. A Homer and Bart raccoon even. <laughs> it's okay, Robbie. It's okay. We'll get through this. I promise mm. you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we go back to Lisa, who has a dream about smoking that makes zero sense. <laughs> Lisa Simpson. <laughs> Time for a smoke. Look, everyone knows that cigarettes are where flavor lives and a cool choice for a hot night, but they're for losers. Losers? You mean losers like Simone de Beauvoir, Margaret Mead, Queen Elizabeth I, Lauren Bacall? My feminist heroes! 
Don't forget me, Lillian Hellman. Smoking gave me the energy I needed to write plays and invent mayonnaise. Bring out the Hellmans and bring out the best. Pop with us! Pop with us! Pop with us! So, Robbie, what the actual... I just... <laughs> what hey, Matt. Uh, so, number four on my list. Uh, inconsistent tone. We're gonna we we literally just saw we just had a scene where jerky got stolen by some uh, effectively sentient raccoons, uh, like a Hanna Barbera cartoon, and now we are having a deep seated nightmare where Lisa is getting haunted by ghosts of uh of women who've smoked cigarettes. Um, so now we're gonna we're gonna that's number four. So now I'm gonna just jump right to number five. Lisa's motivation. To smoke. Matt, why does Lisa want to smoke? I don't know. <laughs> to be better at dancing, I guess? Well, that's and that's the thing. Like, that is the tenuous connection. If you can buy your magic cigarette theory. <laughs> feels, like mm-hmm. a, feels like a breaking down a JFK assassination. Uh, <laughs> back and to the left. Um... If you buy your magic cigarette theory, okay? If you just buy into the dumb reality that they're trying to sell us, where, yes, they they smoke cigarettes and so they're better at dancing. Makes zero sense. Okay, let's go with it, though. If you buy into that, if you overlook the literal disconnect from reality, why does Lisa want to get better at dancing? We don't know because there's no answer. Lisa wants to be the best at everything, I guess. Yeah, but that is not – you can't – I guess is not – like, that – Show us. Put it in the episode. There are literally, there's Man. three minutes or four minutes of this episode that is just, is it like a button stuff? Maybe if you want to do this story, this convoluted mess of layers of nothing, you could maybe make it make a little bit more sense if you actually use that time and made it part of the story and showed Lisa's drive to be good at everything or Lisa, Lisa's drive to satisfy Marge. We don't set that up at all. It just is like, oh, well, Lisa now is having nightmares about smoking. Like, well, why does she care to smoke? If smoke, if smoking is only the thing that will make her better at dancing, wouldn't Lisa at this point go, I don't want to dance anymore? <laughs> no, she'd rather smoke cigarettes and she'd rather... Queen Elizabeth? What? Matt? Queen Elizabeth? I know. Why what is what does Lisa have to do with Queen Elizabeth? Like, her feminist hero is Queen Elizabeth the First? What? Hey yeah. Matt. I, I want you to tell me about the next scene, the best scene in the entire episode. If I have to. Um so Oh god. Homer and Bart <laughs> have decided to set a trap for the raccoons. <laughs> they have drugged some of the jerky. But it turns out Homer ate the drug jerky. So Homer decides to crossbow a raccoon, thankfully avoids the truck full of explosives, and instead almost hits an archery truck and causes it to crash. And I couldn't quite fo- – I was rolling my eyes too hard to follow exactly what happened. It explodes, man. Oh, it does explode. Okay, good. That's what I thought. I was like – I couldn't remember how it got to the explosion. It fre- the driver freaks out because of a single crossbow bolt uh, near him and crashes mm-hmm. it into a tree. Yep. That's what happens. That that is what happens, yeah, yeah. So what, what what's what 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 I I I'll go back to number four on my list: inconsistent tone. 
<laughs> Again, Looney Tunes. That's where we're at. Looney yes, Tunes. Yes, exactly. All right, moving on, moving on. Okay, so uh, we go back to another scene with Marge driving Lisa in the car. Marge has become a stage mom. She's got bumper stickers about her daughter, the dancer, and is constantly referring to Lisa succeeding and calling her Marge. In case we weren't being slapped in the face, drug across the coals, that, oh, Marge sees Lisa's success as her own success. So, yeah. Okay, Matt. When was the last time in this episode that we saw March? Uh, I believe it was right after she got kicked out of dancing. When she accepts Lisa's invitation to the academy on Lisa's behalf and says, yes, Lisa is going to. That was the last time we saw her this episode. About five, that's five minutes ago, probably. Mm -hmm. You have to have number six on the list. No development, no development of Marge. Mm -hmm. I would like even just a single scene of the in-between stage where Marge, where we have Lisa and Marge together, where maybe Lisa goes, I don't know if I really want to do this anymore. All the girls are, maybe, I don't know if she actually would say Marge, tell Marge that they're smoking, but she would certainly allude to, I don't really want to have to do what it takes to be a best dancer. I don't want to do, like, getting to that point, and then, but Lisa maybe doesn't say anything because Marge is really invested in Lisa's success, or, like, we need a sign here before this where it goes from zero to 100 with nothing in between. Like, just hammering us over the head. No development of, of Marge. It's just, oh no, now she's a crazy stage mom. It's that fast. Just all right, right away. You're like, well... Yep. So, again, it, it makes no sense. Hey, Matt, don't worry, Robbie. Hey, Matt. We're I'll, only in this plot for like a minute. I want you to tell me next about the best scene in this episode. I hate you so much. <laughs> um. So, uh, now Homer and Bart are trying to track down the raccoons to kill them. Uh, we will also... There is a bit about Homer losing to animals previously in which a bunch oh, of worms... Matt! Are... The worm statue! You forgot the worm statue, didn't you? I, I didn't... Homer apparently I... lost a fight with a bunch of worms who forced him somehow to build a statue of him bowing down to the worms. Not just... Like, it's a massive statue. I want you guys to understand. Listeners. Mm-hmm. Massive huge statue uh-huh and it's not like i forgot about this man because i when i watch i'm like what i my mind reeled it's like i stared into like you know when uh in hp lovecraft like he talks about impossible angles and geometry that's impossible and it breaks your mind i looked at that statue on my screen and i immediately went i that's what i it was that reaction of like this is an impossible this is impossible architecture this is eldritch horror that i'm staring at um why is this in this episode of the simpsons then I and then oh, wow. I think I um my mind tried to like cut off that part of myself, like cut away that memory, excise it, amputate it. <laughs> oh, if only if so, only that were possible. So that I would survive, you know? Like I so I would not go mad. I would not be driven to madness. And then I remember and like and it's happened multiple times because I b- fully believe that this is a mimetic virus that the Simpsons have introduced into my mind. And no matter how much I excise, it will be unsuccessful, and I'm going to succumb. It, it's only a matter of time. I just, it just takes, you know, I just have to, just wait. Eventually, the 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 worm statue will embed itself firmly into my entire consciousness, and there will be nothing else inside of my brain, inside my brain. 
It's just nothing but that is accurate. Nothing but this moment where in The Simpsons, Bart talks about the time Homer lost a war with the worms, and they forced Homer to build a massive statue of him bowing to a giant worm. Oh, man, okay, is this wormer? Is that real? Is there really a worm that's that big? Oh no, this is this is pretty metaphorical. Somehow the worms understand metaphor. Okay, man. So we got past the worms, but it's I it it is last maybe ten seconds, but it is for it is this is madness. This is madness. What is happening? Who wrote this? Why is oh, this in the Simpsons? I know, I know. Okay, so <laughs> so Homer grabs a couple of large knives, like you do, okay. like you do like when you you're do. going. Hey, Matt. Like hey, Matt. You live in Florida. Have you ever had raccoons around your house? I have. Lots. Yeah, me too. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you do when you so, have a raccoon and you want to chase him away? Walk outside with a flashlight. That's usually enough. Maybe, maybe a broom of some kind. I've, I've, I've had, uh, when I lived in Orlando, we had some tenacious fat raccoons mm-hmm. uh, who were absolutely like, they would go, they, they, had, they lived in the neighborhood and they would just eat garbage and if there's any like outdoor cats that got fed they would eat their food uh and i had to use a broom to chase them away but that would work i would just shake a broom at them and they would go and then run away homer has knives Mm -hmm. what's he gonna do with those knives is he gonna stab raccoons? i assume he's going to chop up the raccoons okay okay all right but fortunately for the raccoons it turns out they're a tiny little simpson family of raccoons there's a marge raccoon and a homer and bart raccoon which we've already seen there's a lisa raccoon and the Homer raccoon even strangles a little Bart raccoon. And so Homer decides to let them have some of his jerky. Matt, I'm going to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. How does Homer identify these raccoons? Does he say, look, there's even a little Homer raccoon? Something like that, yeah. In the universe, Homer mm-hmm. goes, oh, wow, these raccoons look like us. Yeah. So these are not regular raccoons. They are special raccoons. And yeah. <sighs> I know. I know. So. Matt. Okay, no. Mr. Simpson's writer. Mm -hmm. I watched this episode. I get to this scene where Homer identifies the raccoons living in his yard as little miniature versions of his family. And so he allows them to eat his jerky without punishment. How am I supposed to feel about this? What is the intent here? You're supposed to laugh, Robbie. It's hilarious that there are raccoons who are just like the Simpsons. This, Matt, more than anything else in this episode, wants me to, I, I, I feel the urge to just pick up my keyboard and just smash it on the edge of my desk just over and over again. Okay, Robbie, before you do that, before you do that, what kind of switches does your keyboard have? Um, I think they're brown. Okay. Well, anyway, I will mail you my keyboard. You mail me your keyboard, and then you smash the one that I have because I have blue switches in this keyboard, which are very loud, as you can obviously know. Yeah, I feel like it would be better to smash this. I'm keyboard not. I'm not going to smash this keyboard. This very expensive mechanical keyboard that I I, oh. I really do cherish. I really love it a lot, um, and I've had it for years now. I'm not going to smash it. I just have a feeling, like I have the is that urge, you know, like you, you acknowledge your you acknowledge it's healthy. You acknowledge your desires, but you don't act on them. You know, you there you go. Yeah. Like you so, acknowledge mm-hmm. the fact that maybe you want to write a Simpsons episode with this silly idea of a Simpsons raccoon family, but then you don't do it. You stop yourself. You have control. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So 
Thankfully, so that cut, is most of what cut from the, the raccoons are done. Mini raccoons, mini Simpsons raccoons to <laughs> to Lisa back at the dance academy, finally saying, "Oh, I need the edge that actually smoking provides." Because up until now, it's just been secondhand smoke. Lisa finally decides that she is going to smoke. She she grabs a cigarette that is already lit and is about to take her first puff when Homer shows up, grabs the cigarette out of her hand, throws it on the ground. And shoots it with a gun, for the, not a water gun, a real gun, and then proceeds to make a joke about cigarettes being way too easy to get. That is some very good social commentary, Simpsons writers. Very, very good. I, I applaud that. That That is just wonderful. Number four, inconsistent <laughs> tone. We have Homer... The wacky, wily coyote mess of I'm gonna try and kill some raccoons like um like it's Bugs Bunny and uh and uh Elmer Fudd and then a scene where Lisa is literally succumbing to addiction because that is what this is. This is Lisa Lisa uh-huh. craving nicotine and going no I'm gonna do it. The smoke. She's about to smoke Homer Homer out of nowhere. Why? Why is Homer here, Matt? Uh, because we're setting up a conflict in the rest of the episode where Marge really wants Lisa to get it. This is the end of the act, by the way. After this, we go to commercial. But when we come back, uh, I'll just go in and push this out so we know. We're setting up a conflict between Homer and Marge. Marge wants Lisa to continue dancing because it has made her so happy. Again, wildly inconsistent tonal shift uh, because we, we go back from, oh, this is about smoking. No, no, this is about uh, Lisa doing something that makes Marge happy. Um but Homer wants Lisa to quit smoking or to stop being around, you know, quit dance because it is making her want to smoke. Marge is being made happy, so he doesn't want – he's not going to force Lisa to do that. We're trying to set that up, but it is incredibly clumsily done. So number seven, Matt, I've added this on the list, and I just uh-huh. – the number seven is just Captain Wacky. It there is. You go. It is just Homer's here. He needs to be a part of this plot. Uh, and, and and it is Captain Wacky Homer. It is this. It is just intrusive. Doesn't this doesn't need Homer? Homer plot can stick stick over there with the raccoons, and we can have a Marge Lisa plot here, and it would make it more more interesting and more consistent and make more sense if Marge and Lisa dealt with this themselves. If Lisa went to Marge or Marge noticed that Lisa was smoking or any of this but instead homer is here and has a gun and okay we come back from our show 14 minutes and eight seconds homer wants to take lisa out of ballet but but he notices that marge like like matt just said that marge is happy about this marge is making lisa a giant three-tiered cake like you would at a wedding it's a wedding cake is what this is this is not a normal again matt again matt <laughs> uh-huh I should write this down. I I don't think I wrote it down. I, I'm gonna. I think with the cake, it's gonna. It's only irony is allowed. Only irony is allowed. I'm writing this down. That's my my flaw. The where there's just there's no reality to any of this. If if Mar like there's a way the way you hook a, a audience in here to make Marge oh Marge making Lisa a cake because she really appreciates her. Well, why would it be this? Why would it be this giant cake that requires teams of people to make? 
Marge would make her a cake that Marge would make. We've seen Marge make cakes. They're the little round cake, two layer round cake. Homer, Homer, hey Homer, I made you a cake. I made you your own cake to ruin. Like it's that, you know. Instead, it would say, you know, congrats, Lisa, or something like that. Heck, you could even have a scene, that scene I talked about earlier, where it would be Lisa going to Marge and telling her, Mom, I really don't want to do this anymore. But before she gets it out, she sees the Marge has made her a cake. And it even says on top, and it maybe even has a little, Marge has even like uh, done in frosting, like a little picture of Lisa dancing. And it, Lisa goes, oh... And immediately takes the window out of her sails, and immediately she's like, oh, "I can't, I can't break my mom's heart like this. I can't tell her that I don't want to do this anymore. Because look how much she cares about it. She made me a cake. It's this is how Marge shows her love. She, she makes, she, she bakes. You know, she's it's a mother. It would be great. But instead, we get this scene where Marge has made her a three tiered massive wedding cake, and it, and it, it and it has like giant letters, Lisa, and you're like." That's not a cake Marge would make. It, it, it's just like, it is inherently like, look how big this is. Look how ridiculous this is. Look how, isn't it, it's it's irony. Everything is ironic, isn't it? Oh, look how funny this is because it's big. I'm like, no. It immediately makes me go, oh, this scene, this isn't real. This is not real humans. This is the writers making this cake. The writers thought it would be funny if the cake was big. <sighs> But Homer sees this and goes, oh, and Homer himself also has that feeling, which is also unnecessary. Why is Homer in here? Why is Homer in here at all? Captain Wacky strikes again. Number seven. Um, so Homer can't get Lisa to stop dancing because he doesn't want to upset Marge. He has yet to have a single. We haven't. He, we, I would also add that Matt's act, the second act ended with Homer taking a cigarette from Lisa we don't get a continuation of that scene. You know, we don't get a long scene with Lisa and Homer where Lisa tells Homer about everything that's happening and the pressure on her. We just get Homer going to March. And where is the connective tissue? No development. Um, so Homer goes back to Lisa finally and confronts her, sort of. Because it means so much to your mother, you can keep doing ballet, but you have to stop smoking, including secondhand. That's easy for you to say. You've never had to be thin and focused. What did you say? I'm just saying it's going to be hard for me to quit, especially before the recital. I thought you might have trouble with this. That's why I'm assigning someone to keep watch over you. Someone you'd never expect. Is it Bart? No! Come on out, boy. For the next three days, I'm going to stick to you like waffle syrup on a shag rug. I'm going to be on you like fish stink on a Gloucester dog. I'm going to be all over you like, hey, where'd you go? Now Bart's here, man. Well, of course, because, you know, Bart's, Bart's part in the plot got, you know, wrapped up in act two. So now he needs something to do. You could just not let he can just he doesn't have to be here. Homer but doesn't Robbie, either. The Homer doesn't either. Like, why are they here? Stop. But they're the funny ones, Robbie. Without them, there's no humor. No one laughs at Lisa. She's not funny. You ever see, have you seen a, a Misery? I have not, but I I know the gist of it. Yeah, uh, I just, I feel like I I I am I'm gonna, I'm, I'm Annie Wilkes. I'm gonna take Mr. Simpson's writer and I'm gonna I'm gonna put, make sure he's I'm gonna put him in a bed. I'm gonna break his break his legs. That is like that is that is, that is my ugh. again. You know, speak your. Speak your irrational urges, but then you don't act on them because it's, it's, it's 
habits, mm-hmm. uh, unhealthy behavior. So Bart's here now, and he's following Lisa around. Uh, this is this that is the only scene we get where Lisa even talks to Homer. Like Lisa again, no humanity there. There's not Lisa going. Lisa's not a little girl going. How oh, I need help because I'm feeling a lot of pressure and I'm eight and I need someone to tell me what to do. And we still don't have an answer for why Lisa is dancing. Why? Like Homer goes, I'll let you keep dancing. Wouldn't the conversation here be, we can't, you can't stop dancing because your mom wants you to. That is all there is. That's the only reason Lisa is dancing is March. There is no other reason. Lisa doesn't want to dance. (sighs) Um, so Lisa is now bad at ballet. She's clumsy. Uh, she's uh, clocking people in the face accidentally. Uh, we got a joke about plastic surgery here. More bits with uh, the with Chaz. Um, a lot of oblique references to musicals and stuff that he's in dances, dance and shows he's been on. And so many. So I mean, he they're basically trying to set him up as like a Troy McClure for this episode. You may remember me from these shows that I've done that are all dumb. I, it's a it's a kind of Luan Sinclair situation to me, Matt. And it, it's unfortunately yeah. Luan Sinclair is funny. That is the difference. This is none of this is funny. I I have seen you know all that jazz. This is not I, all that jazz is not a funny movie at all. It's not intentionally so. It's supposed to be harrowing. Um, and this guy is. I don't know who this is for. <laughs> I don't know who, who, I guess the Simpsons writers, and that's it. Um, so Lisa finally is, she's because she's doing so poorly, because she's she's struggling so much dancing, she is peer pressured into secondhand smoking. Okay, Matt? Secondhand smoking. Not smoking a mm-hmm. cigarette herself, only breathing in secondhand smoke. I'm going to pass over the fact that obviously this would do nothing. But Bart is there. Uh, this we get a, I believe, Apocalypse Now reference where Bart rises up from underneath water to see this, and she he's covered in camouflage paint. Reports on her. Okay, Matt, get ready. Okay, you ready? You ready for this? Uh, if I have to, you be. buckle up. Now you might have thought that we left the raccoons behind. You would have thought. We would have thought. We were behind that. Obviously, they that was just to keep Homer and Bart busy for a while in the episode. Then they move on to this Lisa, the Lisa March plot. Uh, we get the whole family involved. Uh, leave the raccoons behind. Raccoons obviously don't belong in this very serious plot about little girls smoking. Because that is what this episode, that is what is going on here. Little girls, little ballerinos are smoking cigarettes. And they're afraid Lisa is going to smoke too. What's that number? What was that number four? Number four, inconsistent tone, because now Homer, Matt, has recruited the raccoons to steal the cigarettes from the dancers. Because they're all friends now, because Homer gave them jerky. It's okay, Robbie. Just process your feelings. It's okay. It's okay. I like, I literally, like, I've also... I'm trying not to yell anymore because it upsets my dog, and I don't want to upset my Aww. dog uh, when I yell. She thinks I'm thinks she thinks I'm in danger, so I don't want to yell. Um, I will say what this is the first of the two parts of me going. What is this? What is this? Of all the solutions to this issue, Matt, of all the things you could write to happen in this story that would g- result in the 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 like ultimately you want H- Homer wants the cigarettes away from the girls. Okay, fair enough. You could write that happening in a thousand different ways. Why pick this? 
Why? Because, Robbie, remember, it's funny, quote unquote. Is it, though? Is I ra- mean, raccoons... that is their intent. They just I, don't know what's going on. I don't. And, like, here's the thing, Matt. I'm not saying, and I, I think this is the, another issue that the Simpsons of this era have, is, like, I'm not saying that, like, cute little raccoons that look like the Simpsons stealing, like, going on little missions for Homer can't be funny. Like, it's a very silly idea. It's a very cartoonish idea. But it's not impossible for that to happen in the Simpsons world. Like, there are silly ideas that happen all over the place in the golden years, okay? And we largely go, oh, that's funny. And then we laugh at it. But I think, like, here, I'm going to, this is a very, I think, a stark comparison point that immediately came up to mind for me when I'm watching this. The whole raccoon saga in this, the whole B-plot in this. And if they just left the raccoons behind, I would have for- be more forgiving about it. But the fact that Homer now uses raccoons like little street urchins to steal is a bridge too far. Like, think back to Marge vs. the Monorail. Marge vs. the Monorail is an absurd episode where Homer becomes a monorail conductor and and Marge travels across the, the, the country to go find a crazy scientist who gets there too late. And Homer has to save the day by throwing anchor of a giant M out the window. It doesn't make any sense, but because every step along the way we're invested in the characters, we don't care. We, we we buy into the plot. We buy into the dumbness of all of it. But they also understand that they can't undercut that tone with silliness right in the in the, in the midst of danger. The plot, it, the you know the 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 worry about Homer and uh, piloting the monorail. The what is it? The the possums. In Marge vs. the Monorail, Matt. You remember the possums? The family of I possums? I remember the big one was named Bitey. Yeah, the ba- I call the big one Bitey. It's a classic Simpsons quote. I remember that in uh, third or fourth grade when I had a bunch of sound clips on my very, very bad computer. I remember I downloaded a, a, a wave file of, I call the big one Bitey. And what do those possums look like? Like normal possums. They look like normal possums. And the fact that Homer personifies them like he has a name for it and he they're like effectively pets you know he keeps them there it's his monorail he's the captain and he's like oh yeah they're it's like they're my it's my little my my little possum friends but they look terrifying they're just like you know because they're wild animals this is the the, you can see the the difference here where they are they might as well be rocket raccoon you know they might as well have a voice because they are Homer's having conversations with them. Um, I have entitled this clip called Raccoons. Okay, Bart, it's time for Operation Crazy Plan. Step one, we chuck the raccoon in there. What if someone catches him? Don't worry, I have a perfect way to conceal his identity. Hey, now go, boy. Cigarettes. Yeah, that's what I mean. The raccoon doesn't steal cigarettes. He steals a bunch of money, plus the cigarettes. Of course he does. Of course he does. Yeah. Um. He puts a little mask on the raccoon. It's very cute, but I at this point I have no goodwill. Uh, I can't at this point. I just can't. I don't care. I don't care. I have nothing but uh, ire. Um. But uh, Homer takes the 
cigarettes and the the, the I, I guess all the money i don't know he takes it and and they dump it um another bit more bad jokes and then we cut back to the recital i guess that is what we're doing um because there is like i guess there is like a subtle implication that they're building to a recital i wish it was i wish it was more reinforced um but the dancers don't have cigarettes anymore Matt. okay um and you know depending on how much you smoke nicotine withdrawal can 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 be bad it can and you can drive cravings and really strong cravings uh but how long is it like are they they go crazy they go crazy matt which you do after you've been you don't have cigarettes for several seconds i guess so uh yeah the dancers this is uh not the final clip i have uh it is the one that i have the most questions about the i call it dancers go crazy and lisa has a speech Get your finger! I don't care! Watch your hoof, you blue ribbon sow! I'll spit on your grave, Grandma! See crap like this since my Broadway show Crap Like This ran for five years. We can smoke the programs. I can smoke my hair. Maybe there's gum under the seats. <laughs> All right, that's enough. I want to talk about a horrible practice afflicting millions of Americans. For years, we've known how dangerous it is. It stunts your growth, and it's marketed to children. I'm talking about ballet. I'll smoke to that. Ballet is unnatural and unfair to women. I shall now cast off the shoes of oppression. Oh, You'll never take down big ballet. Never. Now, good day. Robbie, you didn't want to include, like, two and a half minutes of him, uh... Walking to a bus to, with some jaunty bus with some jaunty music. I uh, believe it's on Broadway. Yes. Oh, uh, okay. I wasn't really Matt at this, that point. I think my brain is shut down. The, the <laughs> absurdity of that is the only thing I laughed at in this episode. It, it, I think I said it before. I laughed at one thing. I, this was the, the only other thing I laughed at because I was just like, "This is the most absurd thing." This is some Andy Kaufman level absurdity that just bl- hurts my brain to think about again. Uh, I'm losing my mind. This is when I this is what I wrote after this uh, part of the show. Uh, we have one more scene, one more clip. I have the last. I do have the last clip of the episode. But first, I want to talk about this. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't okay. know. I I like all I can do is put, try and put myself in the shoes of the person writing this episode. And I like a, most of the time when I pull apart any any narrative i know why they would do it you know like i know why you would make that decision even if it's not something i would do i understand why i understand the why it's like oh we ran out of time or i i don't like i went i was going for something and i failed or 
or I I don't understand the art form well enough to write a satisfactory ending. Or I don't know how to 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 get the tone I'm going for. I I don't know what this is. Like I literally don't know how to describe it. Like this episode is about smoking, right? Is it? Is it? Let's go back to number two, muddled theme. Like it, like this crazy scene of all these dancers. Like that's when I'm like, it has to be about cigarettes, right? Because the 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 girls immediately go, ah, we need a cigarettes. I'm die. They go crazy. They turn into to 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 mad women and chasing after trying to shoot gum off of seats and smoking hair like what is happening and lisa has a speech about ballet being bad for girls what i don't know robbie this doesn't make any sense i don't get why you would <sighs> no that's what i'm saying just... matt like it there why would you have us why would you write this why would you write lisa being angry at ballet wouldn't this like and there's and there's just no cohesion here there's not like we don't know why any of the other girls are dancing do they like to dance are they also being pressured by their parents? We know they smoke. And we they, don't we, know. We don't know. Yeah. We know they smoke. We know that they uh, they are dancers. We don't know why they dance. We don't know why Lisa is dancing. Ostensibly, it's because Marge wants her to, but we don't get any scenes in between them. We get literally zero scenes where Lisa and Marge hashing out at all. Nothing. We don't get as we don't get scenes where Lisa really talks to Homer about why she's dancing. That's never established. We don't, and therefore because we don't know why she's dancing, the stuff with the smoking never makes any sense. None of this makes any sense. This is written by someone who I feel like at a certain point, Matt, I have to go. Are they? Is this making fun of me? It certainly seems like it might be. Like I don't feel like the Simpsons are laughing like they're not trying to make us laugh i feel like the simpsons are laughing at at us now i that is where like when you say andy kaufman andy kaufman man like i don't think this is as artful as most of what andy kaufman ever made or did but it does feel like i'm getting laughed at it feels like we are intentionally writing nonsense like why on earth would you write there in this episode i'm gonna lay out what happens in this episode is we have Harry Potter scenes filler at the beginning, followed by Marge in warp speed going into a ballet school, getting kicked out of the ballet school, and Lisa taking her place. We have Homer starting a jerky business. Immediately, he gets ransacked by raccoons, which he tries to hunt like he is Elmer Fudd, realizes that he causes a truck to crash and explode. He realizes the raccoons all look like his family. He then recruits the raccoon, the father raccoon that looks like him, to steal cigarettes from ballet dancers because the ballet dancers are peer pressuring Lisa to secondhand smoke because these are magic cigarettes and they make you better at ballet. Marge is busy making a wedding cake that says how proud she is of Lisa. There is also a dancer, a dance choreographer, dance instructor randomly is making jokes a la all that jazz and all that is happening in one episode of the simpsons mm -hmm. and what am i supposed to take from it you're supposed to take that this episode is bad and that you shouldn't think about it any harder <sighs> you're right Matt. that's really upsetting because the simpsons used to be a thing about that i could spend a lot of time thinking about 
and really and get value from it. You know, I like analyzing media. I like thinking about art and, and narrative. You know, it, it I enjoy it. And The Simpsons, at, at its best, gave me a lot of opportunities. But this is devoid of it. Um, one more scene that ends the episode um, where everything gets wrapped up. This is my favorite family tradition. Ice cream after a botched recital. And I'm happy to be smoke-free, thanks to these children's nicotine patches. And I realize it's wrong to try to live your career dreams through your children. Does that mean I can stop training to be a Mexican wrestler? No. Now practice preening to the crowd, El Guapo. Come on, preen harder. Make them hate you. You feed on their hatred, and you are so hungry. No me gusta. Oh, qué lastima. Did any of these people actually learn their lessons, or did they just say in this because the episode's over? No, they didn't. There is Matt. You can't just you can't just say a thing happens and it happens. It we have to have a scene where Mars learns a lesson. We have to have a scene where all the where this stuff happens. Sorry, you, Robbie. Too much time with raccoons. <laughs> I mean, you're right, Matt. You're right. There's just no time because there's too many raccoons. Oops. Too many raccoons. That's the end of the episode. Uh, it is abysmal trash. Uh, this episode is abysmal trash. I hate it. I mean, I, I guess I'm supposed to ask if this episode is broken, but I mean, obviously, yes. No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It's barely. It's not like it is an episode in that it takes up 20 minutes. That is, it, animators yeah. spent a lot of time on it. I feel very bad for the people who had to draw this, uh, who had to spend a long time, hour, hundreds of hours working on the animation for this episode to animate the dreck that the writers gave them. Um, to fix it? What is it about? That's a, like, I, see, Matt, that's, I, I, I can use this as an example. Every single time we get to fix this episode, I always ask you that question. What is it about? What is this episode about? They have no idea is what I'm getting to is, is getting from this is that they is it about smoking? Is it about Marge being a dance mom? Is it about jerky raccoons? Is Homer starting a business to sell jerky to raccoons from raccoons? Are the raccoons helping make the jerky? Is Homer training raccoons to steal things? It could equally be about any of those. But I mean, like, I it's the thing where. We are effectively, when we say fix this episode, you and I are effectively writing an episode of The Simpsons, or at least outlining it. And when I ask you, what is this episode about? That immediately grounds it and gives us an anchor, gives us a foundation, gives us a, it gives us the bones for us to build upon. And why, I just don't understand what, how we can do this and the, the writers cannot at this point. What is it like, are, like in, in 2008, what is going on? Where they can't go to a script and say, oh, we're going to write this episode. It's going to be about Lisa going to a dance school and Marge being a dance mom. Oh, uh, okay. And then someone goes, well, Lisa goes out back and they're smoking cigarettes. Why doesn't someone raise their hand and go, why? You, that's at the point where I if was sitting there. Go, I would interrupt and go, why is that now in this episode? I would go, no, don't, don't put that in there. 
don't put smoking in this this if you put smoking little girls smoking cigarettes in your episode that's what immediately what the episode is about because it's the biggest issue of, of present the marge stuff becomes unimportant because who cares it's small potatoes marge being a dance mom is small potatoes to little children smoking cigarettes and i'm not a genius <laughs> this is basic stuff matt here this is my proposal because it's the easiest thing and i don't know why they don't just pick the easiest thing and execute it's so easy dance mom is the plot it is the perfect simpsons plot that is what you do it is marge wanted to dance she fell away from it she tries again she fails again oh lisa can dance and the whole episode is about marge wanting lisa to dance and lisa not wanting to but not wanting to disappoint marge that's the entire episode. That's all. That, or uh, that's all it has to be. Yeah. Or or it could be about smoking. That seems a little, a little rough for The Simpsons, but you know, The Simpsons. Lots of people in The Simpsons smoke. You could have a bad idea about that. But pick something. Not the raccoon thing. I don't, anything with the raccoon. I didn't thing. mention the raccoons, Matt, because I don't want that in this episode. I don't want home. Homer and Bart can. Do, I. I don't. Here. Why on earth, Matt? Here. This is the other thing. You have this. You have this weird. Like you have this uh, symmetry. Where Marge and Lisa go off to this little room and Marge shows Lisa some stuff. And then Homer and Bart go off to this little room hidden in the house and shows they sh- Homer shows Bart some hidden stuff. And that's jerky. Homer makes his own jerky. It can't. Why does it have to be? Why does you pivot to raccoons? Why on earth is in a not just Homer and Bart bond over making jerky and then starting to sell jerky as a business? And that's the B plot. And that's all it is. Why does there have to be more? Why are you pivoting multiple times in each of these plots? The A plot pivots three or four times. The B plot pivots three or four times. Why? What? Like you think we're bored? I'm sorry. I guess I'm not bored when I watch this episode, but I'm also mad. I like it. It drives me to mania from watching these things. I'm like, I have to take a break. Well, yeah, because they're they're worried that the, the the main plot is not funny enough. But I promise you, it is. It's fine. Uh, I hear the secret, Matt. Write jokes. Whoa, 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 Robbie, Robbie, Robbie! Come on now. I know it's hard to ask. That's my that's my fix. It's not hard to fix it. <sighs> Just take time to write the episode. Okay, we move on to our next time. It's time for comments from news group. Okay, here we are. Alt dot nerd dot obsessive. Comments news group is where I ask our patrons to leave reviews for an episode. You can join. Our Parade of Pain, Cavalcade of Calamity, on our Patreon, patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. You can watch episodes and review them with us. And I'm sorry for everyone who watched this episode with us. Really do apologize. Uh, first from Tim, I have to say this wasn't as bad as I expected. Not great, mind you, but certainly not at the bottom. It's good to have a Homer act, occasionally act responsible. Certainly he's on the right side with respect to cigarette smoking, even if his reaction may be a bit over the top. Yes, the B-plot featuring our occurrence was cartoonish at best. Still, I'll plot this at number 338. I don't even want to think about where we're going to put this on the list. Oh, my Lord. Uh, from Derek. Al, Dean, and co. really did uproot the Simpsons tree and replant it far, far away. And it's very apparent with episodes like this. Feels like you're watching a kid's cartoon. The tone is so antithetical to the show in its heyday. Also, the episode was redundant. Why make this when Lisa the Beauty King and Last Tap Dance in Springfield exist? Two vastly superior episodes. One from a season that many would say sullied the damn show for good or scullied it. Oh, ho, ho. How droll I am. But I take that season 11 episode any day over this. Yeah, Last Tap Dance in Springfield is an episode that does exist with Lisa in dance school. Whatever. Uh, I don't even want to think about their, their thought process where they went, eh, who cares? 
Uh, next from JJ. I don't even know where to start. There are so many problems with this one. The inciting incidents are back. But this one didn't even incite the plot. Just took up three minutes. Smoking and ballet just don't gel together. Throw in the Marge subplot about her living vicariously through Lisa, and the plot becomes way too overstuffed to, main fa- to maintain focus on any one thing. And then it gets even messier when Poochie, I, I mean Homer, inserts himself and then try to make the way too cartoony raccoon plot connect in the dumbest way possible for a very unsatisfying conclusion. End result? A complete mess from start to finish. Disappointing because on an episode about Bart and Lisa being pressured into smoking to appear cool is a very relatable story the show hasn't tackled before. But they squandered it. One good line. Sturgeon General. I mean, I just want to point out, thank you, JJ. From now on, whenever Homer is acting like a complete tool, I'm just going to call him Poochie because that's not I Homer mean, anymore. That's a cartoon it, character. It's Poochie. It's Captain Wacky. It's all, that's, that's who he is. Um, um, from Benjamin, this was a real episode? It feels like Simpsons parody. I see why this is his only writing credit. There are too many issues to dig into here, so I'll pivot to my high point. Martin and Nelson come fully around to wanting more of that pairing any chance I can have. Easily the best part of this episode. I think I agree with you, Benjamin. It probably is my favorite thing in this episode. Uh, Gabe, I think this episode is close to being good, but ultimately feels flat. Bad episode, 4 out of 10. Uh, from Lauren, I dislike this episode for someone who has gone back into ballet after several years. I'm calling BS on Marge being perfect and flexible. I think it could have been an interesting episode on smoking or a parent trying to push their child to live out the parent's dream. Said so this episode tried to do both and didn't develop either direction well. The B-plot was crap and stupid, but then again, these descriptors can be used on most B-plots with Homer in them. Lisa's secondhand smoking doesn't make sense to me since it would take a lot for her to go against her morals. And this episode, all it takes her is for her to have a dream of important women smoking, and that's it? Also the ending? Yikes. Positive. The raccoons are cute. Unrealistic, but cute. Shock value of a six since this episode agitated me, but wasn't offensive. Uh, from Elliot, gets a big fat meh from me. Few laughs. Homer shooting the cigarette and the Sturgeon General got a laugh, as did them putting on a mask on a raccoon. Overall, nothing of value as an episode, but also nothing offensive, so it's something, maybe. Five out of ten, gonna project this in the low 200s, baby. There's no way, Elliot. There's not a chance this thing gets a 200 in front of it. It's in the threes. There's, if I could put this in the six six hundreds, I would. I'd bury this in a in a. I bury. I throw. I put it in a rocket and send it to the sun. Um. Finally, Matt, the only important opinion has the uh, inside track, as you will. Yeah, the only important uh voice weighs in. Mister Simpson's writer says, "Say what you will about Lisa's secondhand smoke addiction. You have to admit that the raccoons are really cute. I hope they die. I mean, that's fair." I love raccoons in general in real life. They're fine. There's nothing wrong with them. They're annoying, but who cares? It's not their fault that we've taken over all their land. These raccoons, these cartoon raccoons, I want them to get blown up by Acme Dynamite. Uh-huh. And that's what it, that's what it is. If you would like to leave your... Thank you, everyone, for leaving a review and for watching this dreadful episode with us. Uh, uh, you can join... Uh, our Patreon, patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. Uh, support us at any level and you can leave a review. Uh, next up, our next segment is time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is what is your, who, I guess. That's a better question. Who is your favorite? I guess there is, there are absolutely fictional detectives that are like robots and stuff. So you could say what to them, I guess. What, but who is your favorite fictional detective? Matt, take it away. Alrighty. Uh, first up from Alex. To clarify last week's answer, I did mean the trilogy as a whole being the GOAT, not just Back to the Future 3. 
Thank you, Alex. I, I, we assumed. I mean, three is a good movie, but really it's the whole trilogy. Uh, going on. So many to choose from, but I'll either go with Adrian Monk from Monk, Sean Spencer from Psych, or or Kyle Hyde from Hotel Dusk. Alex, I haven't heard of Hotel Dusk. Uh, so, all right. Hotel right, Dusk, Hotel say, Dusk is a one. <laughs> I hate you. Hotel Dusk is a video game. That is why. That is, Hotel Dusk is a video game, Matt. That is why. You for... Okay. Okay. Fair. All right, uh, from Matt, Daniel Craig in Knives Out. Seeing Craig portray a Southern Bond is something I never knew I needed. Right there with you, man. That was Benoit Blanc. Of course. If you had to come up with a weird name for a fictional detective in a brand new IP, that was just brilliant, Ryan Johnson. All right, uh, from Charles, Sherlock all the way. True. Uh, From Andy, uh, Encyclopedia Brown. That series was one of my favorites while growing up. I always enjoyed reading them. From Alyssa, Sherlock 110%. Literally wanted to be him. Uh, from Benjamin, Thomas Magnum, as portrayed by Tom Selleck. Don't know how much detecting Tom Selleck got around to in that, but Matt, it looked Matt, like Matt, fun. Matt, 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 Do you really need to do any detective work when you have a mustache like that? You don't. Uh, all the crimes solve themselves. The mustache itself solves a lot of them. Uh, from, uh, let's see, from Casey. I'm going to go with my favorite crime solver since birth, the Mystery Inc. detectives and their food-loving Great Dane. When you have a van like that, all you can do is solve mysteries in it. Uh, from Lauren, my favorite is Harry Dresden. He's a sarcastic professional wizard slash detective who is the main protagonist in the series written by Jim Butcher. Uh, from Tim, two words, Inspector Morse. Hard drinking and a questionable attitude, but he knows how to get the job done. Yes, that's the structure of about 65% of American crime dramas, but there are things that the Brits just do better. I'm curious as to how well Lewis did as a spinoff. I don't know what either of those are about. <laughs> Like, what is what is Lewis? Who is Inspector Morse? I don't know that. What? It's, it's fine, man. It's fine. Just it's fine. It's British British crime dramas. It's okay. Okay. All right. Uh, from Derek, this is cheating, but I enjoy when Sam and Dean from Supernatural play fake detectives. Although, since this question sprung from Nelson playing detective, I suppose it's actually appropriate. You are not wrong, Derek. <laughs> uh, from Elliot, I'm going to agree with Daniel Craig as Foghorn Leghorn, or I mean Benoit Blanc. <laughs> Best accent uh, on TV. Ah, uh, say, ah, uh, uh, say. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, from Gabe, Sherlock Holmes for sure. Uh, from Matt, El Columbia 88. Jessica Fletcher, I love me some murder, she wrote. Who doesn't, Lauren, really? Uh, from Matt, Energy Turtle. Columbo, I have great memories of watching it with my grandma. As an adult, I really enjoy watching everyone underestimate him. It's the same story in every episode, but it never fails to delight me. Uh, from Matt, EID9, gotta be Dr. House. Every week taking on seemingly impossible medical mysteries and then berating his colleagues until he finds the answer. I mean, that's that's how you solve every mystery. You just yell at people and eventually you know, the answer pops into your head. Uh, from Matt, Bort ATX, I think it's a tie between Tiffany Haddish as Detective Dander in The After Party and Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc in, uh, not Blanc, sorry, Blanc in Knives Out. I still have not seen The After Party. I really need to. Uh, from at yes it's aaron daffy duck he was great as both doorlock holmes and duck twacy wow looney tunes wow okay 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 uh from at sweezel uh tim bayless on homicide life on the street i'm gonna matt i'm gonna give you some applause because you didn't chicken out and say sp weasel you know you said you went for you went you went for sweezel i can pronounce that yeah good job uh from at little tiny oranges encyclopedia brown popular answer uh from at your apocalypse i'm going to be captain obvious here and say sherlock holmes uh from at groshans kevin sherlock jr buster keaton is my favorite i've 
I don't know what he's talking about, but I'm down with it. Um, from Matt Jessica D, any of the many vampire detectives, or all of them, and then I don't know what this Forever Night is, Robbie. That, is that one of the that, vampire yeah, detectives? That, that is Forever okay. Night is a vampire detective show. So I believe that was okay, gotcha, uh, gotcha, in, gotcha. Uh, an example right. of, of them. Ah, oh, perfect, perfect. Robbie, who is your favorite fictional detective? <sighs> I love myself a good, dumb, fictional detective. Uh, there's a lot of really good ones, but one that, and I, I, I think because there's so many, I would have a different answer for many different days. But today, well, yeah. uh, it's a, it's a calling him calling him a supporting character. I don't think is fair, but ultimately he is because every other character in the game is a supporting character. But uh, Lieutenant Kim Kitsuragi in the video game. Disco Elysium. Oh, I just bought that. I really need to play it. Disco Elysium is fantastic. Uh, it it's a great video game, and you're also you play a detective, but your player character is incredibly mutable and can become one of ten thousand different iterations. Um, so I'm not going to pick that. But your sidekick, uh, Lieutenant Kim Kitsuragi, is uh, <laughs> a very patient. Very patient, uh, stern detective who's trying to deal with you and you're a mess and he is just trying to get through life and he is, the writing for him is fantastic. Uh, the writing of the whole game is fantastic. It's probably, it's probably the best writing in any video game, honestly. Uh, and I, I see that bandied around a lot by people like the writing in this video game is so great. I'm like, you've never read a book, have you? You've literally never read zero books in your life. You think this, the writing of this Assassin's Creed game is so good, um, but then this is not. I don't. This is not hyperbole for for this for this game. Uh, and I, I, he's he's a lot of fun, uh, and that game very. It does such a good job of, I don't know, really embodying detective work. It is not just. It is not that point-and-click adventure trope of, like, I need to go find the rope and combine it with a cat, and I solve the problem. No, it is actually, like, you know, you need to understand culture, and you need to understand people, and to under to get to the bottom of a mystery it is more complex than combine item plus item get solution. Uh, I actually am a big fan of Hercule, Hercule Poirot uh, from the Agatha Christie novels. Um, he's, he's, he's kind of a dork. Uh, and he's often wrong and occasionally a little bit racist, but you know, that, that was, you know, the, yeah, he is. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoy the Agatha Christie novels, especially when he is the protagonist. Um, but I mean, obviously everyone, the ones that everyone, I mean, Benoit Blanc, Sherlock Holmes, Encyclopedia Brown, I, I've loved all of them. It's killing me that I can't think of any female detectives because, you know, I'm tired of reading stories that are, you know, helmed by men, but that's the best I can do. I can't think of any off the top of my I head. I mean, I think the best, I don't know, there's plenty of, there's plenty of stories with with uh female detectives um, i'm sure but i can't think of any of them <laughs> i mean i can think of them there's not my favorite I don't, so i'm not gonna oh, fair. I, I, it's nothing i mean dude <laughs> i mean okay we're not gonna get we don't we've already tangential enough this episode's already three hours long because i've been yelling about raccoons um <laughs> next next our next next week's question oh my god I'm having trouble. Next week's question. What is your favorite fictional animal? I should say this. Favorite fictional animal character. Okay? Not fictional animal like a griffin or something. I mean a Simba. You know, something. You know, that's what I mean. 
favorite fictional animal character, a character of a of narrative that is also also an animal, Littlefoot. That's I post this on all the social media, uh, twitter.com slash the Simpsons Show Pod. You can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. And I post this question on Patreon, patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. Next up, it is time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions, one easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stop the other. Matt has an incredible lead on me. Uh, for this season, it's not looking good. Matt, give me an easy question. All right. Your easy question for this week... Where do Patty and Selma work? The DMV. You are correct, sir. Department of Motor Vehicles. Your easy question, Matt. In Simpsons Christmas Stories, who plays oh, God. the baby Jesus? Is it Maggie? Is that your final answer? Yes. It is Bart. Oh, nerds. Okay, yeah, because I remember, I, I forgot that was an episode. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> okay okay uh so the rest of your questions or actually all of your questions are from homer versus patty and selma in homer versus patty and selma what does homer invest in that gets him his money at the start of the episode pumpkins you are correct wow okay okay all right your main question matt which two reindeer get eaten by a snake in simpsons christmas stories uh is it donner and blitzen rudolph and prancer Oh, dang. We see them okay. eaten by the... We see them outlined in the snake's belly, just like they, used, they did the same joke with Millhouse right. in a trail's horror. What's my hard question, Matt? I don't Matt? any of this. <laughs> all right, all of your, your your hard question. What is the flavor of coffee Marge thinks she has when Patty and Selma come over for dinner? Flavor of coffee? Uh, menthol. <laughs> it's Montreal Morn. Okay, I don't. I just I went for a, a cigarette joke. I, I so I didn't know. Uh-huh. Really Your hard question, Matt. In what year was Krusty's most requested Christmas clip recorded? Uh, nineteen sixty-eight. Ooh, not too far off. Nineteen sixty-four is the correct answer. Dang. Features Krusty getting hit in the crotch with a snowball. Fun. I, I don't I have zero memories of this episode at all. This episode where uh, we we uh, where Grandpa tells a story about shooting down Santa Claus with Burns on an island, oh, and he has a long lost brother. There's a there he goes into. A, I picked it because uh, Grandpa goes into a dumpster and has Christmas rec- with raccoons. Of course, that's right. The I raccoon connection. That's that's why I picked it. Oh, um, I I made this from ground today because Matt uh, has uh, apparently his Matt's mind has erased the existence of that episode from it. Apparently, I have completely forgot that Bart was the baby Jesus and that uh, uh, the, the, which reindeers got eaten by a snake. Like, <laughs> I I never know. Too man. easy on Robbie. He remembered pumpkins. <laughs> shouldn't have gone with a golden years episode. He shouldn't have. It's a mistake. Always a mistake. Uh, that's it for today. For trivia, we can move on to our final segment of the segment we end every single episode. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever. And how good they are. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, this, I hate it. Hate this episode. Hate it. 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 Um, man, there's a lot of bad episodes of Simpsons, Matt. So many bad ones. Um... I, I let's see where are we well there's hmm it's just nothing in it uh it's so ang- makes me so angry 
Uh, there's Simpsons Christmas Stories, which I just mentioned and Matt has forgotten exists. This episode is worse than that. I think it is also worse than, let's say, Kill Gill Volumes 1 and 2, which is number 363. I think it's worse than that. I think it's below Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore. I actually had the I, I had the very thought, Matt. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch this to you. Is this episode worse than The Frying Game? Ooh, um, I'm going to say yes. I think it's worse. I think The Frying Game is better. Yeah. Uh, old Andrew Bloom, Andrew, I'm sorry. I know you're listening. I'm very sorry, but this is another episode that goes below the screen of pillar. I cannot take this. This I'd watch the screen of pillar again before I watch this again. Um, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, this uh, this goes near crook and ladder. Boys of bummer. Uh, this, this is that's where we're Bart Mangle. I think it's above. I think it's above Bart Mangle. Ba- this is where I'm putting it, Matt. This is my spot above Mark Bart Mangle Banner below crook and ladder. Ooh, oh, below the episode where they steal things as volunteer firefighters. I'm with you, but ouch. I don't I, like this. Uh, humans steal things, Matt. In this episode, raccoons steal things. Homer, tra- I, I guess, mean, trains that yeah. raccoon to steal. Little girls try and smoke their own hair. Yeah, and they try and smoke the gum off the bottom of chairs. I that's why Bart Mangle Banner is worse because of the because of the offensiveness of it, and like the there's that's where below basically Bart Mangle Banner is right where the just terribly offensive episodes start, and I this does not go below that line, but this is at the bottom of just empty nothing nonsense episodes. I hate it. Is that okay? That's entirely okay. You could tell me this is in our uh, like way even lower than that, and I would be okay with it because this is so incredibly stupid and boring. Not funny. Just zero laughs. I cannot emphasize that enough. Um, someone with a daughter is a new number three seventy eight on our list. A new number one eighty seven post going years ranking. <sighs> Boy, this week's like this. It really take it out of me. Uh, before we can wrap it up, we have one more question to answer. One more thing to do that is does this up epi- do we fire this episode out of the cannon there there's nothing nothing of value is in this there's nothing of substance don't need it goodbye <laughs> goodbye forever Smoke on the daughter, my god. Wow, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Uh so that's gone forever. We can move up to the top of our list and work our way down. We are at number eighty nine, which is Homer the Vigilante. Homer the Vigilante is good. A lot of fun. One of the most fun episodes there that exists. I yeah, mean, the, the ending's a little wacky, but yeah, I don't. I mean, that's that's fine. Like, I this is number eighty nine. It's not near the top of our list or anything. It's just one of those. It's just really good, eminently rewatchable, quotable, funny. Yes, part of the canon. Worth talking about. Worth looking at. Worth re- analyzing. Value is somewhere the vigilante. All right. You can find this list on the website. It's thesimpsonshow.com. It has links to all the stuff we do online, Twitter, RSS feed, and a link to our Patreon, which is, again, patreon.com slash thesimpsonshow. Our next episode, Matt, is Papa Don't Leech, uh, which is the return. Does become an alchemist that starts putting leeches on people or a no, plague doctor? This is the return of Lurlene. Oh, that's worse. The return of Lurlene and the chicks back when they were the Dixie chicks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Okay. Lurleen has fallen apart, and he, they she moves back in with the Simpsons and gets arrested, and it's probably terrible. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be worse than this episode, but I'm not expecting good things. Uh, that's next time. Watch along with us if you'd like. If you'd like the review of the episode with us, just join your Patreon. So the best value in podcasting. I'll say it again. Um, you can find me online. Before we go, you can find me online on Twitter, at Robbie Dorman, or you can find me at my website, which is RobbieDorman.com. Both are my name. Uh, my website has links to do all the things I do online, including ways to purchase my novels. My newest novel is called Burial. It's a post-apocalyptic revenge western about an aging lady gunslinger getting revenge on the man who wronged her. But his death is not enough. She must bury him in the wastelands to ensure he gets sent to the deepest, darkest hell. Go buy it. It's great. It's my best book yet. Uh, I'd love for you to go buy it. Check it out. Give it a chance. Free with Free to read with Kindle Limited if you have that. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. That is true. I don't have time for social media. I'm constantly feeding kittens. As I told Robbie at the end of the episode, I have 10 kittens, which means this episode started late because I had to feed said kittens and wipe their eye goops and clean out litter boxes and all that fun stuff. But you, luckily, you lovely people get to see this cuteness and not all the work that goes into it from the large crew uh, that is not just me. Um you can see them at Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram. Uh, at some point, we will actually get them in their ties. Don't worry. Uh, they have to hear the proper dress code, even if they are working remotely, just like the rest of us are. Uh, but enjoy the cuteness. And if you live in Central Florida, maybe you could have some of these kittens. I know at least mm, four or five of them still are not spoken for, and they're very, very cute. They're Donald Duck in it, Matt. Just like the rest of us. <laughs> I mean, all, the, all they have on is a tie. You just got to look. You look fine up top. That's all that matters. It's all that's on camera. You know, you just make that's sure right. your camera's turned off when you walk away. Uh, that'll do it for us today. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching. This is a... Uh... Shh.